Bickley and Marotta Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. That boy's good. It's Vinny's View on the home of the Suns, Arizona Sports. Presented by Revitalize Weight Loss and Wellness. Eat smart, lose weight, keep it off with Revitalize. Proud nutrition partner of your Phoenix Suns. Yeah, for a while now, it seems like I've arrived for a game at Footprint Center and uttered the same thing to myself. Man. The Suns just need to find a way to win tonight. And for the first time in a month, that actually happened in a home game as Phoenix down the Brooklyn Nets 117-112, treating the home folks to their first in-person victory since the Suns beat the Lakers on December 19th. Seems like five years ago. Sometimes in the NBA, teams just have it from the jump. Sometimes they don't. And sometimes even a shorthanded group can take advantage of a disinterested team. That's what happened for 36 minutes last night. Brooklyn, playing without Kevin Durant and led by Kyrie Irving, was flat out awful for the first three quarters. Irving was three for 16 from the floor, had nine points for the Nets heading into the fourth. Then the switch flipped. He poured in 21 points in the final quarter. Suns struggled to put the ball in the hoop, but it wasn't enough for Brooklyn. What was enough for the home team was the return of Cam Johnson. Cam... Johnson, after a 37-game absence due to a torn meniscus. When Johnson checked in for Torrey Craig with 545 left in the first quarter, the fans showed appreciation to have him back on the floor. When Johnson hit his first shot of the night, a 26-foot trailing three to put the Suns up six, the place erupted more than it had in the last month. It's been a hard six weeks for the Suns. Their injury report is longer than a Judd Apatow first draft. But Johnson's return reminded a downtrodden fan base that help is indeed on the way. Of course, being healthy and staying healthy are two completely different things. But in the next 10 days or so, the Suns could be whole again. If they can stay that way over the last 30 or so games and into the playoffs, they have the capability of making us all forget December and the first two weeks of January. That is Vinny's View. It's presented by Revitalize Weight Loss and Wellness. Eat smart, lose weight, keep it off with Revitalize, proud nutrition partner of your Phoenix Suns. Cam Johnson back. Matt Ishbia courtside yep. for the first time as the prospective owner of the Phoenix Suns sat. Mm-hmm. Every time I looked over, um, he and uh, Sam Garvin, the, the uh, acting governor of the Suns, were having quite the dialogue. And Ishbia was into the game, was applauding. Um, it felt... It felt a little different last night for those two reasons. To have Cam Johnson back after such a long time. And again, to have that, that beacon of hope that the ownership situation is just about solidified. I think yeah. a lot of people felt really good about yeah, that Yeah, no, And again, we don't know where the Matt Ishbia train is going, but I do think that we are all welcoming it. Um, it it's anything but his predecessor I would have signed up for going forward, so uh, there is that. I do think his presence in the building sharpened the Suns a little bit. You know how it is. First time a brand new boss rolls up, everybody is on point. Yes. Right? You don't want to be, you don't want to be that guy. Who who looks disinterested when the new boss shows up for the first time? That is true. So I th- so I think that there was that for the Suns. There was the uh, the Cam Johnson return, which brought a lot of energy into the arena, as you well know. And and he responded. He responded with a very good start and a very good game. And I kind of liked his vibe. He kind of had a a real business like demeanor, which he often does. He's not a goofball like Da and McHale. Um, but uh, uh, having him back and having him. Contr- tribute 
and having him help create a winning vibe again in that building, it was uh, it, it felt good. Mm-hmm. And it felt like this team really needed that. Yes. Here we go. Cam Johnson in the house. And the fans let him hear how much they've missed him. 545 left in the I'll first quarter. He, he makes his first three. This crowd may lift the, lift the roof. Oh, they're ready. Yeah, and guess what happened? Up ahead, it's Washington to a wide open Johnson who cashes in for three straight away. Welcome back, Cameron Johnson. After two and a half months on the shelf following knee surgery, he's out making plays, including hitting his first three. Saw John Bloom, Tim Kempton on the call last night. Johnson, after the game, really appreciated the reaction he got getting back into the uh, into the flow of things. That was pretty special, uh, just to show you know people care, and, and that means a lot to us players. We have. Um, sellout crowd tonight you know i think we're somewhere in the 40s in the sellouts 40s in a row um and you know our fans show up every night even you know even through our struggles even through what we've been through they've been you know behind us supporting us glad to see everybody gets their chick-fil-a um with those two missed free throws you know game on the line and chick-fil-a crowd goes crazy yeah, it all came together for the free chicken sandwich free food baby <laughs> people yeah. get crazy for free food oh, uh, we i've never experienced that with this radio show <laughs> What do you feel Jared, about free food, What do you think Jared? about free food, Oh, baby, 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 So, I guess in uh, the Milwaukee Bucks games, they shoot bratwurst into the crowd. <laughs> really? Yeah, so somebody <laughs> on Twitter. Hot brats, baby. Yeah, somebody on Twitter posted that they thought it was a t-shirt cannon, and they unwrapped it, and there was a, a bratwurst inside. <laughs> oh, really? And, wow. And Sarah tagged me and said how jealous I probably am of this, and she was Absolutely correct. I would definitely be uh, more pleased with a bratwurst than a t-shirt. Yeah. Oh, I, no doubt about it. I have brat, a lot of... Bratwursts are uh, way better than anything else that is cased. Ooh. <laughs> the salted, cured, and cased yeah. meats? Yeah. The case, in the cased meats genre, bratwurst to me is right at the top. Wow. Ahead of Italian sausage. Yes. Italian sausage, Italian sausage to me is great in things like lasagna or pizza. Oh, but not but like... But by itself, I'd, I'd, well, I'd prefer a bratwurst. What about sausage and peppers, though? Yeah, that's pretty Ooh, good. Yeah, pretty, but, it's number two for me. Oh, but the s- Polish is down the list. I the smell hot dog is down the list. Calabasa? Calabasa? Kielbasa. <laughs> I know. I, like I know. I enjoy Calabasa it. Calabasa sounds like a town in California. Yeah, it sounds like calamari in a ca- in meat casing. I smell a social studies question coming. Oh, here we go. No, we've done, we've actually done that twice. <laughs> Two separate times we've done twice. that one. Um, don't don't let it stop you from doing it a third time. Let's go. It, here's where it gets interesting for the Suns. They're 22 and 24. They move from 12th to 11th with that win. They're two games out of fifth. Mm-hmm. The Western Conference is nuts. Yeah. From three down to 13, because the Lakers are only like two and a half, not, not even like a game and a half behind the Suns. Yeah. And they're in 13th right I don't, now. I don't think that that's, that's unique. I just think we haven't felt that in a long time. I think last year at this time, uh, it would have been the same for a team that was two games under 500 in the West, that they would have only been X amount of games out of fifth place. I don't know. I just th- no? Okay. I, maybe. I mean, you, you might be right. It just seems new to me. Well, and and maybe you're right because the perspective is different. Yeah. 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 They haven't been in this territory in some time. 
Yeah, I said yesterday with 37 games to go, I had a couple of listeners respond to it, but I, I said if, if you want to go, if you want to finish with 46 wins, you got to win 25 of 37 games. So you're basically going to win two out of every three from now to the end of the regular season. That's going to get you to 46 wins. 46 wins will get you in the playoffs. Yes, and to win two out of three to play 667 basketball is entirely possible when they're When whole. they're healthy. Yes. Yeah. Which is, yeah. it sounds like a pipe dream, but well, it's coming. Yeah, so right, exactly. So so every win you can get, steal, manufacture, whatever, uh, bet- between now and when the team is whole, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next. More interviews scheduled for the Arizona Cardinals for their vacant head coaching position. What direction are they going in? We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I highly recommend Frank Reich. Uh, he got he got screwed here in Indy, big time. Um, now you know the team did struggle at the end of last year and the beginning of this year, um, but you know, and there were some whispers that he wasn't holding certain people accountable. You know, he's he's not a uh, he's not a tough guy, as it were. He's not going to be a screamer and a yeller. But I'll tell you one thing: he can do, and you need this in Arizona is he can handle quarterbacks. Bob Kravitz from The Athletic, longtime sports writer in Indianapolis, who joined us yesterday here on Bickley and Murata Mornings talking about Frank Reich. So yesterday, Bick, we had O.J. McDuffie on from the Miami perspective, highly endorsing Brian Flores as a leader of men and a head coach. Yeah, Bob Kravitz doing the same with Frank Reich. Those are two of the seven names on the Cardinals candidate list. Ejero Ivero getting an interview uh, reportedly today D'Amico Ryans, the uh, defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers, who are still very much in the thick of the postseason. He's getting an interview in upcoming days. We'll talk to Matt Mayoko. Uh, Tom Pelissero says Ejiro Avero is today for yes. the Cardinals. Yes. Yeah, okay. Got it. Uh, Matt Got Mayoko it. from NBC okay. Sports Bay Area will join us later on to give us a closer look at D'Amico Ryans. The Frank Reich thing is interesting, and I heard Bernsey talk about this yesterday is uh, the way he's gauged it in terms of the fan base of the Cardinals. And and there's only certain ways to do that from our perspective. And social media is pretty much the only way. Mm -hmm. It seems like the Cardinals fan base would be pretty lukewarm on Frank Reich being the next head coach of the Cardinals, which uh, I'm not sure that? I recent. I, I'm not sure I necessarily understand that. Okay, listen. If if we just came out of a situation where we, in hindsight, not only say that it was wrong to to place so much emphasis on on air raid and wide open four wide receiver set offenses taking over the NFL, which is being used as an alibi for Steve Kime doubling down on Cliff Kingsbury. Okay. If we get past that and look at one of the real flaws in what the Cardinals just did, one of the real flaws was pairing an inexperienced head coach with an inexperienced quarterback and hoping that they two together could grow into an NFL juggernaut. You pair up a GM who's never done the job at that level with a guy who's never been the head coach at that level. Are you not effectively repeating the same mistake? Don't you have to have some level of of real expertise in one of those positions? You would think so. Okay. 
And and you you brought it up. The the Cardinals are on the heels of pairing a first time NFL coach with a first time NFL quarterback, and four years into that experiment, here we are. And here we are. So again, I, I understand interviewing, due diligence, getting out there, seeing seeing if there's somebody who is just going to blow you away. But but to me, if if you were just going to ask me stipulations, conditions, again, this is inviolate to me. This the new guy has got to have experience. He's got to he's got to have done this and know and know what it looks like. So if you look at Brian Flores, and and we've said this earlier, the thing about Brian Flores is his his name resuscitating as a head coaching candidate. There were people who at one point in time thought this would never happen, that Brian Flores will now be blackballed for the rest of his career because he went and did something as reckless as sue his own league. Okay, um, he, and, and at that point in time, Mike Tomlin threw him a life preserver. He landed on the Steelers staff, and now his name is suddenly being regenerated as a head coach in Arizona. I don't hear any other team in or interested in Brian Flores. So keep that in mind. Frank Reich, the quarterback component. Now, when you hear Bob Kravitz say Frank Reich's now, he's not a yeller and a screamer. Some people think he didn't hold guys accountable. I'm here to tell you that that I think Michael Bidwell wants a head coach that is going to express his dissatisfaction, that's going to scream when necessary. But let you got to ask yourself, what's more important here? What's is is it more important to get the verbally demanding authoritative voice, which I do believe is important on some level, or getting a guy that knows how to get Kyler Murray to the next level? And are the two intertwined? Yes, but we also have to consider the fact too that replacing Cliff Kingsbury is not just a one man replacement. Ideally, it's a two-man replacement. Cliff Kingsbury was the head coach and offensive coordinator. There was an overdose of Cliff Kingsbury in Kyler Murray's life and yeah, development. Good point. Good point. And if you bring in Frank Reich, who is a proven NFL head coach, you heard Bob Kravitz say he got screwed there. A lot of people in Indianapolis are still upset about it and upset maybe about the possibility of Jeff Saturday getting that job full-time. Um, he's not he's not the yeller and screamer, but you have the opportunity as Fra- if Frank Reich gets this job, Maybe you've got a little bad cop, good cop going on with an offensive coordinator, which Kyler has not had Mm -hmm. as a pro quarterback just yet. Because I agree with the element there needs to be less acquiescing to what Kyler Murray wants and more put on the plate of this is what Kyler Murray needs. This is what the Arizona Cardinals need. We're we're past like the, the honeymoon phase is over. He's got his big contract. It's time to get down to some real football and some real winning. And again, a lot of this, a lot of this you can dictate, but a lot of this is going to have to come from Kyler Murray. And it's going to have to be Kyler Murray being exposed to somebody who makes him believe and says, okay, you know what? I will get out from under my dad's wing. I will get out of Texas. I will come Arizona. I am buying wholly into this. I will be there. Whatever you say, I will do. And it, look, I, there are people who pointed out to, to guys like Josh Allen, guys who have who have who have gotten through early career struggles and broken through. That's what Kyler Murray needs. He needs to break through and get to that next level. So what's going to get him there? That better be first and foremost in this organization's search here. Mm-hmm. And again, with all due respect to Vance Joseph, I, I'm telling you right now, Cardinal fans are on red alert here because Monty Austin Fort's got zero experience. We're all hoping that he's going to be good at his job as Howard B- B- 
Balls are pointed out. Monty Austin Austin Ford. He he, is so stupid. He, He came from a team that, like the Cardinals, cratered. Lost seven consecutive games. They had an offensive coordinator arrested for DUI after getting off a team plane. They had dysfunction there, too. Oh, by the way, they fired their general manager after giving him an extension. There, yeah. yeah, there's a so lot of similarities was, right. between the Cardinals yeah, right. and Titans right so, now. So, again, so it's 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 not like we know we got a sure thing in Monty Austin Ford. We know he checked some boxes. We know he said some really good things. We know he said one thing that was a really kind of over the top, this thing about ego, um, which made you kind of wonder, okay, yep. What, uh, what? But but to me, this head coach thing is going to be this is going to be really uh, a reflection of what this organization's about. The optics really matter with this man. Yeah, it really does. And uh, we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news, rumors, and reports on the Cardinals' coaching search here on Arizona Sports and at ArizonaSports.com. Coming up next from the old Pueblo. Sarah takes us through the big stories of the day on the Rush Hour Reboot. It's Bickley Murata mornings on this Friday here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. That's right. It is indeed time for the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley and Murata. Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I'm Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hey. Hey, Dan Bickley with Vince Murata. Are we having fun yet? <laughs> What's that from? My parents used to say that all the time. Yeah, it's what from, is that from? My parents from reference that often. Party Down, which is coming oh. back after 10 years <laughs> off the air, and I could not be more thrilled about it. One of the most underrated shows ever. Oh boy. Highly recommend. Oh. You should watch it, Vic. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'll get right on that. You know, you should, do, when I you gave give it a me, shot, and I didn't. Really, I wasn't feeling what? it. But when, when you give me a, a, a recommendation, I watch it pretty quickly. I but, highly, 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 highly recommend a different Adam Scott show called Severance. If anybody has, I think it's on Apple Plus. Uh, yeah, I got to get into the back end. I watched the first episode and then I, I got veered off. Listen, of it. there are shows you've recommended to me that I've watched and enjoyed very much. I just haven't gotten through Fletch yet. Now, yeah. What? No, but when I recommend <laughs> anything that's a comedy, that's normally where you're like, yeah. you step off. The yeah. serious yeah. stuff you'll watch. Yeah. Do you have Apple Plus, Dan? No. No Ted Lasso in your no, life? No, I haven't watched no Ted, Ted Lasso, Lasso in my life. Well, that's, all right. oh, Sorry, Sarah. Where were we? Priority. By the way, th- no, that's okay. Uh, Jarrett Carlin is here as well. As you, let's talk Tukas. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk Tukas, shall we? Actually, first, let's talk Phoenix Suns here on the Rush Hour Reboot. We're taking you through the top stories of the day. Cam Johnson, Johnson? lit up Footprint Center last night. Yes, after missing the last. 37 games. He played 22 minutes off the bench. 19 points, 6 rebounds, 2 blocks, and a steal. And the arena got super loud when he entered the game late in the first quarter, which is something that apparently surprised him. I'm not surprised by that, but he was. This is what Cam Johnson told reporters about that moment after the game. Not really. Um, It's it's greatly appreciated, though. It just shows how much, you know, this this arena, the city, the fans care. 
Um, and I appreciate it so much. You know, it gave me juice. I think it gave the team a little juice. Um, but let me just say out there, I missed 37 games. Uh, so just, man, I can't tell you how good it felt to be back out there. The not really at the top, by the way, was were you expecting yeah. that kind of response to your return? Uh, which, again, I'm very surprised he wasn't. People love Cam Johnson. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, one of those people who loves Cam Johnson, was very happy to have him back. Here is DA after the game. Oh, yeah. Uh, I missed that. I missed that. I'm still surrounded by shooters. Or, you know, when Cam wasn't there, but having him there, I'm surrounded by the shoe tough. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, just having Cameron, you know, have that. You know, that, that gut, you know, just that, that fire on him to where if you try to, you know, not guard him while I'm in the post, you know, he's going to let it fly. And he's going to put it on the ground and make a right play. All right, what did you guys think about what you saw from the rejuvenated Phoenix Suns last night? Are they rejuvenated? Was was it well, Cam Johnson? They, well, they were last say? night. They were. La- I saw a basketball team that knew their new owner was in the building. The new boss was sitting courtside, so I saw that. Mm-hmm. I saw the. I felt and heard, and Vinny felt it more than me. But I heard the juice in the arena because of Cam Johnson. His start. I think if Cam Johnson would have came out and, and not like instantly lit it up, it might have felt different. Differently, but it just kind of added an element that, wow, okay, there is hope going forward that when we start adding these pieces, we'll get back to what we once were. There was there was, there was was juice mm-hmm. from a lot of different sources last night. Yeah, and I was bracing for like the slow return to form for, from Cam Johnson because of what we've seen in the past when he returns from injury. So when he hit that first three, and looking back at his 20-plus minutes that he played last night, he didn't look like a guy that was coming off of an injury. He drove hard to the hoop. He you know, hit the floor a couple times. He he was involved on defense. He had the best defensive rating in the game for, for the Suns. So I was really pleased that there wasn't that, that ramp up. Now that still might be coming. It might be a one game sample but I wasn't necessarily sure. expecting to see Cam Johnson look so in the flow really. Yeah, why, why would you want a, a yeah. slow start from the shoe tough? <laughs> <laughs> that one's going to the I love five. that. Yeah. The shoot off. Yeah. DA was hyping him up for sure. Uh, Bick, you mentioned that the incoming owner, Matt Ishbia, was courtside last night in the crowd. Uh, I think it was Cam Cox from Channel 12 who tweeted video of a Suns fan at the game yelling, thank you for saving us, as Matt Ishbia walked past him. And uh, ESPN's Brian Windhorst said on our show earlier this week that we should expect to see Ishbia at, at a game soon, and that would indicate that the transfer of power from Robert Sarver to Ishbia was going along smoothly. So seeing him at the game last night, did that make you feel any more confident that Matt Ishbia will be holding the reins before the NBA trade deadline, or did it, did it give you any indication one way or another about how yeah. the deadline will yeah, be handled? I, I think I think the answer to that is yes, because, um, again, I was, I was affected by Brian Windhorst's report because, like many people, I began to wonder Okay, is this thing getting held up? What what is explaining what we're watching here? The the inactivity of the general manager, the the talk that this is going to maybe not happen until after the trade deadline. I had people tell me this might be one of his minority investors claiming he had the money, now scrambling to actually get it from the bank, all that kind of stuff. Seeing him just makes me feel like okay, finally this thing yeah. is definitely going to happen. Yeah, it does matter to me. It does. Does it happen before the trade deadline? That remains to be. Seen? Scene. You know, James Jones said on Burns and Gambo this week the plan is still to have Jay Crowder at least uh, traded 
traded by the deadline on February 9th. We'll see, but you know, if, if Matt Ishbia had and his presence had any bearing on what we saw from the Suns last night, especially early, show up to every game, Matt Ishbia, and you know what? Bring a clipboard <laughs> and a pen and just start making notes. You don't really have to, but just put everybody on edge because it worked. Or somebody says exactly. just, just announce a new owner every home game <laughs> and just have that and just have that dude w- w- walk into the arena, have some fans scream at him, "Thank you for saving us!" Fill in the blank. I think the Coyotes tried that for a few years. Oh. <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, Jared. (laughs) Okay, so then who are we nominating for our next son's owner then? Charles Barkley. Can you even ice skate, Ferret? I'd be scared. Yes. You can. I haven't done it in a very long time, but I used to be. It's like riding a bike. I used to have my own ice skates, in fact. Wow. You mean your own line of ice skates? Yes, the the Carlin 5000. Ferret on the side of the boot? Yeah. When I where I lived in Long Island, New York, there was a big lake that would yeah, freeze so you, in the winter sometimes. Yeah. So, so I you had played pond hockey. I had hockey. Or as they skates. say in Canada, shinny hockey. Yes, but I haven't been, I haven't been ice skating probably in fifteen years. Okay, I'm sorry, Sarah. Continue. Wow. No, that's okay. Uh, I was just going to get to some ASU basketball quickly. We got to give them some love, even though they lost uh, to number five UCLA last night. It was a great game uh, up until the final minutes when UCLA's defense really shined through. Seventy-four sixty-two was the final score. Um, yeah. Warren Washington hit a jumper with thirty. Uh, excuse me, three thirty-six left, but that would be it for scoring for ASU the rest of the way. Um, ASU students set a student attendance record last night. Bobby Hurley shouted them out after the game, Uh, but then he mentioned turnovers are really what killed ASU's chances. They turned the ball over 18 times, which turned into 24 points for the Bruins. Based on what you guys saw last night, what do you think is ASU's ceiling this season, be it in the regular season, in the Pac-12 standings, or in the NCAA tournament? They've got to get an offense that functions better in the closing minutes of close games if they're going to actually kind of take another step. It was so disappointing last night. That vibe coming out of that arena was just crackling. Um, With six and a half minutes to go, they were in great shape to win that game. And then if you'd have told me that somebody clamped down defensively in the final six and a half minutes and and, and held a team to one basket and then won the game, I would have gone, oh, good, ASU's defense yeah. did it again. Exactly right. <laughs> Bick, right. Bick just nailed it. I haven't had a chance to watch the game because I was at the, the arena last yeah, night. Yeah, I, 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 I want to watch it. Uh, but Bick's exactly right. The, the Sun Devils will go as far as their offense can take them. They can hang their hat on defense and holding UCLA to 70, you know, low 70s last night. is, is you can You can win that way. But um, despite mm-hmm. the fact that they've got a lot of different guys that can put the ball in the hole, in crunch time, it's got to be better. And that's something that's kind of bothered this this program for the last few years, really. We have yeah. been So re-booted. what are we thinking, top three? Top three of the Pac-12? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Arizona's there, UCLA's there. I mean, there's no reason why ASU can't be a a third tournament team. Yeah, they've got to rebound from this game the way they did to the loss to Arizona New Year's Eve and and sort of just stack some more wins and then Mm -hmm. regroup. Yeah, bounce back uh, tomorrow against uh, USC and and, and get that going again. Thank you, Sarah. We've been, uh, as Bick said and Sarah said, we've been rebooted here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Coming up next, the divisional round of the playoffs. Many football fans feel it's the best weekend of the year. With the doubleheaders on Saturday and Sunday, we will focus on the AFC matchups next. It's Bickley and Murata. Mornings here on this Friday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. It's going to be a challenge. Uh, you know, we playing there this year. Obviously, it's going to help us, but it's playoffs. It's different. This is the start to their Super Bowl run that, you know, they're trying to get to. So, you know, we're going to have our work cut out for us. And uh, I definitely believe our team is a lot better now. Um, every single player has improved since that game. Um, the coaches have, you know, improved and, and found different um, uh, schemes and, and things that, that we've gotten better at uh, since then. So, um, and, you know, they've gotten better, too. So, it's you know, it's, it's a unique matchup. It's going to be a great. It's going to be a great time. Um, it's going to be a great challenge for us. Um, but we we feel confident and you know going in. That is Evan Ingram, tight end of the Jacksonville Jaguars, as they get ready to head to Arrowhead for a divisional playoff game against the Kansas City Chiefs this week. Yeah. These two teams did meet in uh, November, Bick. Uh, they met at Arrowhead, a game that the Chiefs won 27-17. Uh, that win put the Chiefs at 7-2. and That loss put the Jacksonville Jaguars at 3-7. and uh, And they've been streaking ever since, including coming from behind by 27 points last week to beat the, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Obviously a much tougher foe this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't have the feeling that this is an impossible task for Jacksonville. They kind of have that air, to me at least, of maybe a team that doesn't know any better. And certainly a team that is playing with house money. There's yes. no doubt about that. Yes. Uh, I I think a couple things. When you take a look at the AFC playoffs, I think the three best quarterbacks and the three best teams are in the AFC. And that would be, um, obviously, Buffalo and Kansas City and then Joe Burrow. Because the way I look at it this way, when you talk about all the teams left in the NFL playoffs, if every single one of them played their A-plus game, who looks the best? Whose A-plus game do you fear the most? To me, it's Kansas City and Buffalo. Now, do they always play their A-plus games? No. But if they do, those are the teams that f- would fear me the most. I agree. The, the Joe Burrow factor is something you can't deny. Joe Burrow is the guy that is going to win you the close game. If, if the Bengals hang close, you're probably in trouble in the fourth quarter. Joe Burrow is also, and I'm not, I, I don't do anything with this information, but it's, I saw this and it, it jumped off the page. He is 20 and two against the spread, Joe Burrow, which means when people diagnose the Cincinnati Bengals, he generally plays them closer than what the spread says or better than what the spread says. So what that tells you is that if you get into a grinding game where where these teams are not playing their A-plus game, who is going to bet against Joe Burrow? So that to me is the, the outline of the AFC playoffs. Jacksonville is this wild outsider of these four teams in the AFC and, and it's also a gigantic moment for Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence last week had a Brutal first half. Oh, clearly the kind of first half that most young quarterbacks do not recover from. Four picks. People were saying he was on his way to the full Delome. <laughs> well, and somebody somebody pointed out locally that that for Kyler Murray, this is a, this his game was a case study where if you have a terrible first half, you don't have to spend the rest of the game sulking. On the sideline. Oh, I don't know if you saw the mic'd up footage uh, that NFL Films had from from the Jacksonville sideline, and it was it was Trevor Lawrence and Josh Allen, not Josh Allen the quarterback, Josh Allen the Jaguars linebacker, and. You know, if these two guys were the examples, one for offense and one for defense, it's no wonder why Jacksonville didn't panic. 
uh, you know, they, they were down 20 at the half and there was no panic in that football team. Because Trevor Lawrence, you, you know, the cameras capturing him saying, hey, we got a lot of time. But we can't get it back in one play. Let's just go one play at a time. Mm-hmm. Sounds cliche, yeah. but just the ease in his voice, the confidence in his voice, uh, in his demeanor. And, you know, he's played in a lot of big football games, mostly in the college ranks, but that bled through. And and then Josh Allen, you know, he's putting his helmet on on the sideline, and the mics catch him saying, man, they're kicking our ass. But it's time to change it. And if those, if those are two your, your example setters, then Jacksonville's in a good spot. Oh, yeah. So And so I think that if, if Jacksonville's going to win this game, they're going to have to jump on Kansas City early. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have to play well from yes. start to finish. And, but it's a big opportunity for Trevor Lawrence because, as I said, when you talk about the hierarchy of quarterbacks in the NFL, the three guys in the AFC playoffs, they're one, two, and three. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, that is the upper crust of your quarterbacks in the NFL. Trevor Lawrence cannot get into that upper crust with one victory, but he can make a dramatic statement for him if he wins this game. You go to Arrowhead and beat Mahomes. Not a doubt. And, and that's the thing that's weighing uh, against Jacksonville is they're not playing the Chargers this week. No. The Chargers have a, you know, we've talked about it for a couple of years now. They've got a built-in goofiness to them, and that goofiness kind of kept the door open for Jacksonville. Without a doubt. I, I think Kansas City wins the game, but I, I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people do. Now, the other Rainy matchup... 38 degrees in Kansas yeah. City on Saturday, so it's going to be... It's going to be... It's not going to be ideal in terms of... And I think that always favors yeah. the underdog. Not for a Florida team. Uh, well, that's a good <laughs> point. That's a good point. Uh, but in terms of the other matchup, which I think is is maybe the best matchup of the weekend uh, in either conference, the Cincinnati-Buffalo matchup, we talked a lot about Joe Burrow. You just brought up Joe Burrow, the cool, confident swagger that he has. And if you're going to assign pressure in this game on the quarterbacks, Josh Allen has been close for a few years now, has not got the bills over the hump. Joe Burrow has. Keyshawn Johnson from ESPN Radio talked about it. Allen feeling way more pressure than his counterpart. Josh Allen's the guy with all the pressure on him right now in this situation. We talked about this earlier and throughout the week. Everything that's gone on in the city of Buffalo, where they are now, the opportunity to not have to play Kansas City in Kansas City, but in Atlanta. And on top of that, the hype machine coming into the season. Buffalo was a favorite to go to the Super Bowl. He was a favorite to win the MVP trophy. He's yet to beat Patrick Mahomes. And now he has Joe Burrow up next. If he doesn't win this football game, there's a lot of people that are going to be questioning what type of big-time quarterback in big-time moments is he really come the offseason. Yeah, because there's a lot of people looking at Josh Allen as you know his willingness to do whatever it takes to win, but that also has led to turnovers. They didn't play their sharpest game against Miami last mm-hmm. week. When it's all said and done... Yeah, I, I think, with all due respect to Cincinnati and Joe Burrow, I, I think people want to see a Buffalo-Kansas City matchup. Unfortunately, if that does come to fruition, it will be in Atlanta, as Keyshawn Johnson said. But th- it seems like we've been on that collision course all yeah. season long, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. And uh, aside from that neutral site game, which, by the way, Adam Schefter reported this morning, they've already sold 50,000 tickets to season ticket holders for both teams, to the Chiefs and the Bills. Wow. And, and they would be seated 
it on opposite sides of the stadium. It's like the a way college game. It. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the so there'll be a strange vibe in there. I just don't. I don't know. Listen, you know how much I would like to see the Bills in Glendale. I almost partially want Cincinnati to win to avoid that indoor game, that neutral site game. Yeah. That's how much I despise that stuff. <laughs> and I know that's a me thing. I'm not trying yeah. to say everyone should feel that way. That's just I, that's just me. You're not alone. You're not alone in that. Uh, pick your level of Metallica. Single day tickets for Metallica's M72 World Tour are on sale today at 10 a.m. at LiveNation.com. Two nights, two different sets, no repeat weekends. Uh, night one is with Pantera, September 1st, and night two is with Five Finger Death Punch on September 3rd at State Farm Stadium. Again, uh, tickets on sale at 10 o'clock today at LiveNation.com. Coming up next, we've reached the halfway point of the Friday show. That means Bick's got your blast to kick off the Fire. second half next. Bickley Morata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.